You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Welcome to Lessons from Lockdown, our podcast series looking at the things we've been learning during this time of lockdown. My name is Joe Dolby. I'm the hub leader at Oasis Hub Bath, and I'm also part of the team that lead Oasis Church Bath. I've really enjoyed hearing from lots of different voices from across the Oasis family during this series. But as lockdown restrictions are now starting to lift and we ease back into our new normal, whatever that looks like, I thought it was probably time to wrap this series up. So this is the last lesson from lockdown that you'll hear. When rumours of lockdown became a reality, things got weird pretty quickly. The centre of Bath almost instantly became a ghost town. The traffic disappeared and some shops and restaurants even boarded up their windows. I remember observing people's reactions through conversations I had and as well as I looked at social media. Some people said it felt surreal, weird, strange. Some people said it felt like something out of a movie. Some people said it felt like the apocalypse was here. And when we think about the word apocalypse, we think of the end of the world, don't we? Think bad Netflix movies, wars and devastation, zombies and aliens, life as we know it, over. This is quite a negative way of viewing apocalypse, and it's not really what the word means. Apocalypse comes from two Greek words, apo, which means off or away from, and kalyptine, which means cover or conceal. Off, away from, and cover, conceal. So a better meaning of the word apocalypse is to uncover or reveal something, to unveil or take the cover off something, to reveal something that was there all along but just hidden. David Dark, who wrote a book called Everyday Apocalypse, sums it up really well when he says this. In its root meaning, it's not about destruction or fortune telling. It's about revealing. An apocalypse has just occurred or a revelation Apocalyptic shows us what we're not seeing. When we feel like it's the end of the world, maybe God is revealing things to us that for whatever reason we haven't been able to see before. Throughout Lessons from Lockdown, we've heard from lots of different people about what they have been learning in this time. And I wonder what the difference is sometimes between what we're learning and what God is revealing to us. Maybe there's no difference at all. Perhaps God is revealing that our family and friends are precious and we shouldn't take them for granted, that we have skills and gifts we can use to help others and enjoy our lives more, that going for a walk every day is really good for us, that when a crisis comes, what we need isn't highly paid business executives and celebrities, but nurses, delivery drivers, refuse collectors and supermarket workers that people in those key work jobs literally make the world go round and they deserve to be paid properly. That black lives matter. That the church isn't just about Sunday services or one building or place. Now, none of that stuff wasn't true before, but this crisis has revealed it in a way that nothing else could. For some reason, we just couldn't see it before. But God in his grace has used COVID-19 to lift off the cover, to reveal it to us so we can live in a different way. What do you think of when I say the word unveil? The image that pops into my mind is of a bride, one of those like super traditional weddings where the bride walks down the aisle and she's got a proper veil on covering her whole head. 
And when she walks up to the aisle and reaches the groom, the groom lifts the veil and it reveals her face. Not only can he then see her fully as she is, but she can then see him. The book of Revelation in the Bible, which is known as a kind of apocalyptic vision about the end of the world, uses a wedding as a metaphor to describe Jesus and the church. Jesus lifts the veil. He removes what stops us from seeing so we can fully see him. That also reminds me of that amazing moment in the Gospels when the temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom at the moment that Jesus died on the cross. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 27 or Mark chapter 15. It's even more amazing when you know a little bit more about that temple curtain. So in the time of Jesus, the temple was the centre of religious life for Jews. The temple was where sacrifices were offered to God to atone or pay for the sin that people had committed. Only priests were allowed to enter the temple itself and only the high priest could enter a small area within the temple called the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God dwelt. Even the high priest could only enter once a year on the Day of Atonement, when he would bring with him the blood of a sacrificed animal to atone for the sins of the people. If the high priest entered at any other time of the year, he would die. Jewish writings say that sometimes a rope would be tied around his foot so that if he died whilst in there, if he was unclean or had committed sin, his body could be dragged out by the other priests. A huge curtain or veil separated this area from the rest of the temple and that was the veil or the curtain that was torn in two when Jesus died. Now this was no ordinary veil, it wasn't like a kind of thin curtain. Exodus tells us it was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and rabbinical literature describes it as being as thick as a man's hand. Imagine a curtain this thick. Josephus, a first century Jewish historian, tells us that two wild horses tied to either end couldn't pull it apart. You couldn't rip it, you couldn't break it, it was like a wall, impenetrable, impassable. The word veil in Hebrew means a screen, a divider, a separator that hides. People thought the job of the curtain was to hide the presence of God from the people to protect them. In the old system, the veil hid God from us, hid God from an unclean people that would die if in his presence because of their sin. So what are the implications of this curtain being ripped? Well, it's important to point out that there has been much scholarly discussion over this but most see it as a system of exclusion being no more, that God is no longer inaccessible or restricted to us, that all have full access to the presence of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Multiple scholars point out that the curtain was actually torn from the top to the bottom, proving that as humans would have started from the bottom, this is something God and God alone has done. It's a miracle. Pete Rollins, in his book, The Divine Magician, likens the scene of the temple to a magician's stage, where an object is revealed, then vanished, then reappears. But he says that the discovery is not what was behind the curtain, but that there was never anything behind the curtain in the first place. This is a quote from his book. Just as the dramatic pulling back of a curtain by the magician reveals an empty space, so in Christianity the temple curtain was ripped in half to reveal an empty room. 
Rollins implies that maybe God was never caged in a holy of holies. Maybe God was already out in the world, acting, moving and working in people's lives. Here's another quote from his book. The experience of participating in the crucifixion is then the shock of realising that the sacred does not exist in a particular place. This is the apocalyptic moment of Christianity and undermines our old way of being. As the word apocalypse refers both to the end of an old age and the sudden rending of a curtain. What is revealed to us is not the presence of God, but the idea that the presence of God was amongst us all along. Rollins tells the story of a Roman general, I'm going to try and say the name, Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, who in 63 BCE stepped behind the temple curtain in Jerusalem. According to the historian Tacitus, he was surprised to discover that the sanctuary was empty and the Holy of Holies untenanted. So as we think about what was there all along being revealed to us, we might also see it as a reminder that God was amongst us all along, not hidden but accessible, everywhere, present, with us as we struggle and suffer, with us as we rejoice and laugh, with us as we hope and pray. So I wonder, what are the things that God is revealing to you? What are the things that are already there that we cannot see? Why can't we see them? What's blocking our vision and how can we remove it? When we see something in full, what surprises us? What's different to what we expected to find? What's not there at all? And where can we recognise that God was with us all along? The conversation now is shifting towards this idea, isn't it, of a new normal, which of course comes after the apocalypse. Once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. You can't live in the same way, knowing what you know now. And our conversation as a church is also going to shift. And when we can meet together again, we hope to be able to start a new speaking series looking at the new normal. Because we can't unsee what God has revealed to us. We have to think about how we can live differently, live more like Jesus, because of what God has shown to us. Ultimately, that's why God shows us things he needs us to see, because there is action required to change something. We can't keep living the way we are. We can't keep harming the environment and ignoring climate change. We can't sustain this fast pace of life that's just become normal. We can't keep electing people who don't and won't care for the poor and prioritise the most vulnerable in our society. But change isn't just about what we can't do, it's also about what we can do. We can get outside and enjoy what's around us more. We can appreciate our friends and family and make sure they know we love them. We can care for our neighbours and help each other out. We can find God everywhere, in the little things, as well as on a Sunday. So my prayer for you today is that God would keep revealing to you what is hidden from your sight at the moment and that what you see may not scare you but fill you with hope about a new normal, a better world where we can all breathe a little deeper and a little easier. So maybe this wasn't the end of the world after all but the start of a much better one. I'm going to stop talking now but I want to leave a few moments of quiet to just allow you to pause, stop and breathe 
And I'd invite you just to engage in that moment, to be still and quiet, to breathe in and out and allow God to speak to you and to reveal the things that he needs you to see.